The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution, or don't listen at all. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattleigen Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, Robert Winfrey, yay! Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a pregnant pause if I've ever heard one. Wish I had a better way to come out of it. <laughs> yes so does this movie so does this trilogy so does the series Oof. yeah tonight ladies and gentlemen we're discussing halloween ends which uh it certainly does ollie every year well allegedly until for another two years what do you, what do you think give it a year give it a year 18 months and then the nostalgia tokens will be due again that's actually a really good question to start the podcast with. Why don't you introduce everybody and then let's actually mm. ask that question. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm Robert. Mark introduced me per usual. We are joined this week by a, another horror aficionado, Ronnie Adams of Twitch.tv's Misfits and Miscreants, because unlike Mark, I pay attention to what people are doing and not rely <laughs> on my first impression of them. Nope. He, he'll always be Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast from now until he dies, because that's how I knew him. I'm pretty sure you're going to graffiti it onto his tombstone. Uh, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna pay for the tombstone just so I can have it <laughs> char- carved in there. Hey, hey, Ronnie, how are you feeling after last night's discussion of the of Michael Myers trilogy and H2O? Oh, pretty freaking good. Um, I thought it was a good discussion. Um, uh, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't murder me too bad for my opinion on it. So, I I, I think I gave you. <laughs> a fair amount of room to talk you know oh yeah no point that i say hold on and then i'll let you talk for an hour <laughs> but uh no no you know what i mean because i don't mind i don't mind before. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't before um so robert i thought asked a interesting question which bears at least a little bit of discussion um how long do you think before they go back to the well again? Because I think it was, they did Halloween 6, then they did H2O, then they did Resurrection, and then Rob Zombie took a crack at this twice, and, and now we're here. Um, and I don't have the uh, the stuff up in front of me, but it, it does bear, I mean, every couple of years-ish, without, you know, besides the 20-year gap, what do you think, Ronnie? 
I give it five years. Five years. Plus I legitimately, I legitimately give it five years because um, this is uh, this left it open ended. So there's there's room to grow on it. Um, uh, as far as you know, where the mask appears next. So, well, I mean, I think this iteration is she's done. done. If if yeah, I was gonna say I think if they're gonna do anything else with this, they're gonna have to start all over again. No, she's done. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be a reboot, uh, a remake, or or what, but I, I give it at least five years. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Robert? I would be shocked if it takes more than five. Mm -hmm. uh, can I my, ask an important? My cynical an take tends to be a little bit lower than that. I like mm -hmm. my hunch is somewhere between two and three, but that's also because at the moment nostalgia is the currency of the realm. <laughs> it certainly is, Ollie. And you know we're 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 almost in a post creativity world. Hey, let's make a sequel to Twister. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> you just put that thing? in the group chat. I swear the yeah, that, the that's the not new process... by the way. That's been that. Hang on that 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 bit about them doing a sequel to Twister has been kicking around for a little while now. Sure, but oh, now nothing. but now we're about thirty years removed from the original, right? So. Just now, I get what you're but, saying. I'm saying even the announcement of it, it's it, that didn't just happen today. That's that's been kicking around for a couple of days now. Yeah, but the, today they've kind of confirmed that, like, yeah, we're actually moving forward with it, not it's something that's kicking around Hollywood. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, it's been kicking yeah. around for a while, but right. So in this post creativity world, yeah, the the this is something that Ronnie and I talked a little bit about this last night with Halloween, and I and I put out there that. Unless you make the kills more brutal and more brutal and more brutal, it's the same thing, rinse and repeat with this particular horror monster. At least, you know, as big of a swing as it took, at least it took one, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers. They tried something different because, as I posited to Ronnie, at some point you either got to do something different or you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And ultimately, both, and you end up losing people. You want to lose people after trying, or do you want to lose people by just doing the same thing over and over? You know, and, and just kind of giving up creativity, creativity, creativity. My question really is, and I'll put this to you, Robert, as we just go into Halloween ends and discussing it. What more can you do with this franchise? Rob Zombie, his crack at this was to make Michael Myers a sympathetic character because that was all well, rage at one point. You know, they did that with a Nightmare a... on Elm Street. They did that with with it. No, no, no. They the, neither. That's a wild misread of both Rob Zombie's take on Michael Myers and certainly the rehash of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Before I answer your question, let me try starting this up. And when it kicks me out again, we're going <laughs> to have some fun. Nope, nope. Worked okay. Hey. All right. We'll see how long that holds on. Um, the, the issue at hand with those, uh, with those villains was not to make them sympathetic. It was more to explain them. I mean, Freddy was either way. I mean, well, there's a wild definition of sympathy. There's a wild difference between those two points, though. Mm -hmm. And it's an important one to understand because you're never meant to root for Michael Myers. You're never meant to root for Freddy Krueger. Would humanize even... be a better way of putting it? Sure. I mean, that Nightmare on Elm Street remake, I just. Ugh. Well, 
don't get don't get me going. We'll, we'll be here forever. Well, let me let me throw this out there really quick. As you're making your point, I want to just chime in there with this. To humanize them as at least to take a crack at, at doing something different. Yeah, it, it goes against what I think the average horror fan wants. The horror fan wants a monster, you know, almost an unexplainable, terrifying, uh, evil is as evil does monster. And <clears throat> while one can, one could sympathize with the idea of, well, no, why don't we try to explain this? Why don't we humanize these people? Why don't we make them something other than monsters? As a creative person and a thinker, I'm with it. But I can certainly hear the horror fans going, no, 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 we just want evil monsters. Don't don't overcomplicate this. Which then goes back to, then what else is there? How else do you handle the Halloween franchise? Well, I, I suppose maybe a better question at that point becomes, and I mean this purely as an artistic standard, why is it a franchise? Yeah. Well, it's a franchise, as you said, because we are living in a post-creativity world. And anything that has any kind of... Um, familiarity in the cult cultural familiarity is going to be remade and remade and sequeled and remade and rebooted to death. Oh yeah. I, I understand that. But again, like if your question to me is you know, from a creative standpoint, why would you, why do you not, you know, why do you take a swing at it? My answer is in a creative world, why is there a franchise at all? Sure. Why isn't Halloween just a standalone film? So, to go back to the original premise, if they're going to reboot this in five years and start all over again, I, I, I guess you got to go back to the beginning. There's, I, you don't, you don't try this maneuver again, do you? Where it's no. a sequel to the 1970, what was it, eight, the 1978 original? I, I mean, I don't. You, you, you can't you, you start all over again. Yeah, you, you can't do. Uh, I, I don't think they'll try to do another sequel. This movie. It feels a little bit like the writing process behind this trilogy wanted to end at the point where we you can't do anything else with it. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they don't go totally crazy. And, and again, I'd have to look at who, what studio owns what. But hear me out here. What if there's collaboration? What if there's cooperation? And the next step is the Avengers. <laughs> we get Michael Myers and we get Freddy and we get Leatherface. And Never. Uh, they tried the, the Batman versus Superman of Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and it was awesome. That movie's amazing. Um, it's pretty good. You, Mark. <laughs> it's Michael not a horror Myers. movie. It's an action movie. Michael Myers versus Jason. Let's see that. Why? What's the intrigue there? <laughs> There's, intrigue's intrigue. I'm just trying to figure out what What's else. What's the do selling point? Like, hold on. Well, you here's the selling point for Freddy versus Jason. You have two very mm -hmm. different styles of movie monsters, and one of them that's brimming with personality. Mm -hmm. You stick silent Michael Myers in his mask, and you stick silent Jason Voorhees in his mask. One of them's got a machete. One of them's got a butcher knife, and nothing happens. You put idiots in the middle that can't tell the difference between which one. They keep mixing it up. <laughs> that's Michael Myers. No, that's Jason. Yeah. And then they run in. They run in and out of hallways. <laughs> you are not Mel Brooks. <laughs> no, give me do. You're basically pitching like Scooby Doo, right? Like Abbott and yeah, Costello I, I, meet I, the slashers. Yes, I am absolutely pitching for the next Halloween movie. They make the Scooby Doo uh, structure. 
How about you, Ronnie? If you're, you know, you're you're walking into Blumhouse, they've got this IP. They got to do something with it. I think this is it for them for Blumhouse with this. I think they only had the three movies. You you're walking into whatever studio fucking owns this IP at this point. Um, me and uh, you're like, all right, here's your pitch. Here's your brand new pitch for a brand new Halloween movie. What are you pitching? Hmm, that's a good question. I think um, Halloween in space needs to be done. Yes. Now with Jason, can we get Jason? And can we? Jason's already in space no, from the no, 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 no. You, you're 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 jumping the gun on this okay, because you do wait. you do the entire Halloween in space. Uh huh. Um, okay. Yeah. So you're pitching. Uh, a I'm, talking, I'm talking straight space station kids trick or treating on the space station. Everything oh, like I the whole night. So, okay. Hey, and then that, that's the night he came home because the Earth is destroyed. So Haddonfield's actually moved to the space station. It's called USS right? Haddonfield. Huh? Well, can we keep this continuity where this is the future of the world that uh, of yeah. we're living in now with Halloween ends? Would, yeah, no, there's no other there's no other continuity. Okay. Because I mean this is where it's going. This is where it's, you know, this is what we're talking about. This Halloween ends. So Haddonfield, the USS Haddonfield, he um he he He's cryogenically frozen because yeah. why not? Right. I mean, and then uh, Doctor Loomis's great great grandson accidentally wakes him up, um, and uh, frees him on the USS Haddonfield. He's confused as all get out, uh, so he goes on a murderous rampage, which they have to mm -hmm. stop him. You know, he's and he's going around going, "He's pure evil. He's pure evil." Uh, and even with you know the space version of that sweet 1911 he had in uh, in Halloween Five. And then, uh, <laughs> I love that gun. Um, and then, as it goes on, you know, you, you do your whole thing. You 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 pump him full of lasers or whatever space lead or anything, and then you shoot him out of the lock, right? Yeah. Uh huh. And he's floating in space, and all of a sudden, a hand stops him. Mm -hmm. And then you turn it. He turns and looks, and there is Jason X. Oh, I love this idea. And can then the, they start floating towards the USS Haddonfield. Can the premise together. be that when they needed to create a space marine force, they used Michael Myers as the cloning, as as the the being that was used Jason. Oh, they used Jason. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're we're actively giving Robert an aneurysm. So, <laughs> Robert. I assume you can see or at least hear the hole that's being drilled out the back of my skull as my brain oh, desperately I, tries to escape from this. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. Yeah, I can I can see your tumor that I caused. You want to discuss the stupid plot synopsis such as it is? Not really. <laughs> I'm happy to <laughs> let you guys. Look, you, we you can guys spend wanna... the next 45 minutes just pitching other Halloween movies. You can fantasy book the slasher equivalent of the worst iteration of Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man all you want. I, I I'm, I'm, <laughs> knock yourselves out. Excuse me, I just pitched dang on the 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 horror equivalent of Flair versus Steamboat. So I'll have you you give it the respect it deserves, sir. You made a sequel to Jason X with Michael Myers in place of Jason, where they meet up at the end. No, I made a wonderful fusion of two beloved characters in space. Begging you to move this on. Oh, now you're begging to move on, huh? <laughs> I'm tapping. 
Uh, all right, so the plot of this particular movie, I, I'm I'm going to start with the... Hang on. Let me start with this before we get into this movie any further. Yeah. This has been a very divisive film that has, that has evoked some pretty strong responses at both ends of the spectrum. Has it? There are people who very much enjoyed this. Okay. I And I know they're out there. They're... It hasn't split evenly to the, in the sense that there's we're not equal hate and equal love. There's no balance mm-hmm. to be had here. But there's there are people who very much enjoyed this movie. And I just want to let all of you know, fair warning, uh, none of those people are here. But <laughs> Presumptuous of you, sir. Yeah, but I feel safe in that. Presumptuous. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge that those people exist, and if you did enjoy this, I'm happy for you. Like, you know, very kind of meh, happy for you. But I'm glad you enjoyed it, like, genuinely. So the plot of this thing, such as it exists. We open with arguably the best part of the movie. The year after the previous movie ends. Uh, So this is Halloween 2019. And one of our main characters, Corey something or other, is babysit. What? (laughs) Corey Graves? No. Um, Don't, Don't give me hope that I could watch him die. Corey Cunningham. Sure. So Corey is babysitting a somewhat pain in the butt child, as most children that age are. He gets suckered into being locked in the attic of their home. And as his parents are coming back, he has a mild panic attack. Not sure if it's claustrophobia or if he's afraid of Michael Myers or if it's just plot contrivance. Any and all of the above are possible. He kicks open the door, which hits the kid in the face, and the kid falls over the barricade to the stairs, which is, an inc- is like, there's no continuity for the height of said barricade. Like, the banister <laughs> is legitimately not the same by, height, depending way, on which scene we're looking in. By the way, this was, this reminded me of Cruella, where, so the dog pounces on whoever it was, and she goes off the cliff, ass over tea kettle. Kid, same thing. This banister is way high, but this door hits this kid, and he fucking takes a bump over, like a high jump bump over the banister, ass over tea kettle. He is Sean Michael selling the Hulk Hogan punch. He really is. It is the most ridiculous. Like honestly, like he had to get up for it. There's no way that that. There's no way that a door hits you and you're like ah, and unless you're like throwing your weight over, you're not falling off that banister. That was the most ridiculous. Like it would have been more believable had he gone through it. Yeah, million percent would like. I'd have no argument if they'd had that. But yeah. no, he falls over it. Right. He falls to his death, and our poor, you know, Corey is arrested. And then we flash forward to 2022 because contemporary film. Yay. <laughs> And we pick up with Laurie Strode, who is writing a semi-autobiographical book, her memoirs, a novel. It's never actually quite clear, but she's writing something. She's moved into a house with Allison, her granddaughter, in the wake of her daughter being violently murdered by Michael Myers at the end of Halloween Kills. Rah, rah, we're an angry mob. Rah, 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 rah. her name is Bob. 
<laughs> and that joke never gets old, by the way. It really does. <laughs> and Allison is now working as a nurse. She and Corey run into each other. Corey is something of a pariah because, well, he didn't it, apparently didn't spend any time in jail for manslaughter. No. He went to prison. He did a couple of years. He just okay. did. Yeah. I'll I'll take your word for it. I I don't. Did they ever say that? I genuinely yeah. don't remember. Keep going. Keep going. I'll cut you off. Uh -huh. Um. <clears throat> so we spend a good hour of this almost two-hour film putzing right. around. Hang on one second. All so. Right. This is three years. So Corey's accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared of manslaughter. Oh, he never went to prison for this? Oh, he did? He did. That was, that was my, no, my assumption to, was he this, did he not is, go to jail. Oh, no, he was charged and then cleared of manslaughter. That is not the impression they give you in this film, by the way. It, that's really weird. Not the that's not the impression you give you in this film, and that's not really how the criminal justice system works or the specific charge of manslaughter works. <laughs> right. So that, that is absolutely a conviction for manslaughter. I mean, I'm not sure you could even argue criminally negligent homicide, though. Like You could argue... There's charges there that should have stuck. Unless they I, just saw that it was that kid and said, I will let this pass. I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean, I would. Look, look you, you killed this small child. That kid? Yeah, not guilty. <laughs> yeah, the defense is essentially, but your honor, the child is a douchebag. And your honor's like, you're right, I, case dismissed. I, look, I would pull a new jack. Like, and I give a shout out to my boy, Corey Cunningham. One less child out there making the world a difficult place. Go out there and get you another one. <laughs> if you remember his call out of O.J. Simpson from that particular oh, yeah. promo. I remember. <laughs> So Corey and Allison wind up running across each other's paths there. And we spend again, like 40 to 50 minutes on this stupid Bonnie and Clyde Joker and Harley. Will they, won't they BS? Well, after being dumped off of a bridge by some teenage hoodlums, uh, Corey is saved by being dragged into the sewers under Haddonfield by Michael Myers, who has been living in the sewer system for four years. And, they lock eyes and have a deep, meaningful moment. <laughs> After which, hungry Corey, eyes plays. Hungry eyes. <laughs> Corey starts going a little bit crazy, and he goes a little bit dark, and then he goes a little bit darker, and some more stupid things happen. And eventually, he goes back into the sewers, and he gets into the world's worst wrestling match with Michael Myers, <laughs> steals the mask, and begins his murderous rampage. He lures all of these teenage douchebags who had been abusing him into the junkyard where he works and proceeds to violently murder them. He kills a disc jockey who was rude to him once mm -hmm. in like one of the, in like, well, who's that famous radio, like the famous film critic you occasionally mention here who was rude to you when you called into his show once? Oh, Michael Medved. I imagine that was a little bit cathartic for you then. I totally want to, you know, we have a disclaimer now at the, at the top of the show, so I can say this and just say, this is all humor. This is, this is said for humorous purposes. This is for the purposes of parody. Uh, check our legal disclaimer at the top of the show. Yeah, I totally wanted to stab Michael Medved. 
<laughs> so he yeah he smashes this um, DJ's face in a little bit and then cuts his tongue off, which is a totally survivable thing. <laughs> then he winds up encountering Laurie, but Laurie tricks him into being stupid because he is stupid. He then commits suicide okay. to try and drive a wedge further between Laurie and Allison, and it kind of half works for a minute, but then the real Michael shows up, and he and Laurie have their showdown as Allison tries to drive away, then tries to drive back. Eventually, this all culminates with Michael Myers doing the J-O-B. He gets his throat cut, he gets his arms broken, he gets his wrists opened up, and then he gets paraded through town on the back of a car to the junkyard where his corpse is fed into a metal recycling grinder. And then they nuke the planet from orbit just to be sure. Gotta be sure. Gotta be sure. Uh, then we flash forward a little bit where Laurie is starting to strike up a December romance with Will Patton. He's Aww. got such kind eyes. Allison leaves. Does the smartest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> just leaves. And the poison of Michael Myers, the curse of Michael Myers, the evil that has corrupted and infected our town is now gone, don't you see? Because mob justice wins in the end. Don't you understand, Mark? What we needed to do the whole time was, in fact, violently murder this man and then dispose of his body. And then there will be no more angry teenagers harassing people. There will be no more people accosting each other in the street going, don't you understand, Michael Myers? He attacked my sister and it was your fault as you're coming out of the grocery store. Don't you think the real goal is that there would be no more crazed madman stabbing people at night? <laughs> don't you understand, though, Ronnie? He's just a <laughs> symptom of the evil. Don't you the understand, evil. Ronnie Adams? <laughs> evil has <laughs> to die tonight. Evil dies tonight. He evil is evil. dies tonight. Make America great again. Damn it. I did it again. Did that, evil dies, that evil <laughs> dies tonight. Chant would have worked so much better in this movie because they actually did it. <laughs> well, I mean, if the if the second one, as we discussed last year, was a uh was a fable about the the evils of mob justice. Um, I'd like to think it was, but it really wasn't. <laughs> it was actively cheering it on. Really All right, Ronnie, go ahead. Um, and no one's going to tell you to hold on, Ronnie. I want you to spread your hold wings. Hold on, Mark. Shut up, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to spread your wings. I want and your legs and your butt cheeks. And I want you to give it to us, Ronnie. Give it. Give us all you got. Every last bit of it. Just let it all out there. Unveil it for the world. Share your thoughts on the Halloween ends. If you'd shut up, I would. I want to hear in vascular detail. I was like, go ahead. Oh, God. Okay, so I've been looking forward to this because I am a fan of the of the new the newer movies. Um, and I've been looking forward to this since, you know, they said it was coming out. And I'm not gonna lie. I would I would be lying if I said I wasn't just a little bit disappointed. Um, I kind of understand where they were going with this. I I wanted to see I want to see more Michael and less Corey. Um, I wanted to see unstable Laurie Strode in the end, and not um, not cookie baking grandma Laurie. Um, I wanted to see an actual like knockdown, uh, drag out end of Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, and what I got was. Hey, we've got a possible replacement. Oops, he's dead. Now here's the real thing. 
Yeah. Um, Switch. Yeah, it it, it was it was okay. I I understand what they were trying to do with it. I mean, I I, had it been something that was, I don't know. um, I can't even place this in the middle of of anything. Um, But um, it it, at least they gave me the showdown I was looking for in the very end. Uh, She she was smart. You know, you think I would actually kill myself, and then she pulls a gun and pops him, and then it turns out to not be Michael. Um, but um, but the, the fight between Lori and Michael in the end, uh, I thought was great. I, I thought it was like just just violent enough without going overboard. Um, can you I know, part of, can I part of the movie here? I really wish that they had fought to the top of Mount Doom and both fallen into the lava together. After Laurie Strode kisses him and says, I love you. And well, I mean, I have expected that, but but it was just, you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it to a point, but I, like I said, I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't a little bit disappointed in where they went with it. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for the world on fire, um, you know, <laughs> struggling at the top of Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. Lightning in the background, a wizard playing a guitar on the next mountain over. Right. Something, you know. Um, I wanted pure eighty schlock slasher. Let's get this over with. Let's do this right. It's and then I got this. It's, a, it's, huh? a very, it's almost like subdued, a very subdued yeah. movie. They're like, hey, let's go all out. Let's evil dies night, mob justice, blah blah blah. Four years later, you know, and she's pulling cookies out of the oven. You're like, what what what? What just happened? Um she looks like she's actually brushed her hair, uh, you know, which uh, it, it's just it, it just kind of left me with a blah feeling um, in the end, mm-hmm. other than the fact that she went ham on him with, you know, slightly you know, opening the open the throat, open the wrists and breaking arms and everything else. I was like, oh, Lord, that's it's brutal. At least she went back to that spot. You know, mm-hmm. they took Lori back to that that frame of mind of this has to end now. Um, and then I actually thought it was a little bit, it was hokey, but it was a little bit poetic that they prayed at him through town and then, then disposed of his body. Um, they were like, Hey, this is it. This it's done. You know, Haddonfield, you're, you're free. Right. Everybody look. And then they, they dumped him in, um, and said, Hey, you have nothing more to worry about. I wish they had just completely stolen from that one like fantasy scene from like nine to five, whereas they're parading him through town, everyone's chains fall off and there's sunlight and there's hummingbirds. <laughs> <laughs> the light returns to Haddonfield, the clouds part, sun rays, I, the whole thing. That this whole thinking back, Haddonfield needed to be in perpetual Seattle-esque rain the entire time. But when yes. he dies, when evil dies. The sun came out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's your bottom dollar, Robert Winfrey. That the sun in Haddonfield had come out tomorrow. In my version of this story, (laughs) with that being said, (laughs) I enjoyed this much more than I enjoyed um, not uh, revenge Mm -hmm. and curse. Okay, I'll still give return uh, its props in my book. Um, so I love Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is fucking hilarious, dude. I love Halloween. You only like no, no. You like Halloween Kills because you view it as a parody. <laughs> I like Halloween Kills because it has a perspective. It has something to say. 
it says it stupidly. It's it says it like a moron. You know, the but more it, I think back about that movie, does it really actually have anything to say? It I don't does. think it, it. I don't think it takes a position. Yes, it does. It says no to evil. <laughs> it says evil has to die tonight. Evil dies tonight, man. It was definitely com commenting on our modern state of political discourse, on the or the natural antagonism among everyday people, the sort of descent into collective madness of our culture. It was talking about all those things, and it was trying to deal with Michael Myers and that, but it really just wanted to be like, gosh, we really hate that Trump got elected. That's that's Halloween Kills, and I kind of love it for that reason. I, I love it. I love that in that they was just like, you know, we have such agita about about Trump being elected president. Where do you think is the best way to deal with that editorially? How about a slasher film? Brilliant. Love it. I, I green like that movie. I got nothing out of that. Mark, I got Mark, nothing from that. You would work at Netflix and fit right in because you'd green light everything. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't green light everything. All you, um, no, no, no. Here's why you would. Here's why you would. And I, I guarantee you this is how this would go. Mm -hmm. The first three weeks of your tenure there, mm -hmm. there would be some degree of quality control. And then all the people who had pitched you would get together in a room. <laughs> go okay. What do you select, and how do we present it? And then they'd figure out how to present things to you, no matter they, what. They figure out my is. they figure out my algorithm. Yeah, they crack like... the algorithm of Radlich, and then mm -hmm. everything is greenlit. Okay, how do we get him to greenlight our project? Present it as almost a parody. Make him laugh, and give him at least a modicum of an editorial perspective. Say something. It doesn't matter what he doesn't care. But and say something. And it doesn't matter if it actually makes it into the final product. <laughs> right, but that's your pitch. Well, you have me figured out, buddy. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's my problem with Halloween Ends. I don't feel like it... I mean, other than it, it kind of continuing on that same thread, but dealing, it, dealing with it more on, like, collective town psychology, trauma. Um, this town's been traumatized by the existence of Michael Myers and the murders he committed. That trauma has rippled. That trauma has evolved. That trauma has become so toxic it's infected the entire town. I like that idea. It's just kind of executed in a very clumsy way. I you could just say badly, Mark, because it's badly executed. Clumsy, bad. You know, my I I don't quite. I can sympathize with people who are just like, "Where's my Michael Myers? I'm supposed this is Halloween. This is supposed to be a Michael Myers movie." And instead, we get this dorky kid who looks like Hugh Dancy from fucking Hannibal with glasses. Um, yeah, I stole that from I, I totally stole that from Critically Acclaimed. Um, <laughs> at least, but, look, man, at least Hugh Dancy can act. Yes. I can sympathize with the idea of this is why we started this podcast this way. There's nothing more we can do with this. What if we have a successor to Michael Myers and he does the killing for a while, but we can't just have him do it. We can't take Michael Myers out of it. People will fucking burn theaters down or their televisions because this is on Peacock. So we give him Michael Myers at the very end, but let him carry the ball. So it's kind of like, it's funny, you brought up like Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. You know, it's kind of like Hulk Hogan tagging with Edge. We'll have Edge do most of the work. But then Hogan Michael tags Myers at the is end. about 70 now, so... But then, but then Edge. This is going back twenty years. But then Hogan tags in at the end. You know, big leg drop, boot, big leg drop. One, two, three. Hulk rules. Um, there we go. Right, right. Uh, same thing here. Let's have Dime Star, <laughs> Dime Star Hugh Dancy carry the load 
tag in at the end. Michael Myers fights Laurie Strode. Boom, lobster. Bob's your uncle. I don't love it. I thought the movie was kind of meh. I think better actors and some slightly better writing with the same... You need more than slightly better writing for this. But with the same structure... I think this is I, I think this is dampened by performance and by uh, a cast with no charisma <laughs> or very little. Like the daughter is okay, but she doesn't exactly. This is the kind of thing where the material is slight, but can be elevated by performance. When the material is slight and the performers are kind of blah, then the whole thing just seems kind of like beige wallpaper. <clears throat> um, I didn't mind Laurie Strode trying to like get past things and the idea that she's making up for the loss of her daughter by being overly invested in her granddaughter and saying okay i've ruined one kid i'm gonna try to do better uh with my granddaughter i think is laudable i didn't mind that but to your point ronnie it almost misses a step because she it's weird because like halloween 2018 she's been waiting for michael myers to escape from the psychiatric institution for like God knows how long, forty years. Yeah, forty years. Yeah, she does. He does, and she's ready for him. But she's like a recluse, and she's a fucking wreck. And she set up like saw esque traps in her ha- cabin in the woods for this very day. The very day. It worked um, so well because she set up these traps, and she had all this. You know, she she had an, an arsenal, but she had an arsenal that a, a woman of her means could have could have. She didn't have like. ARs and you know and grenades and anything else. Awesome if she did though. Like, just <laughs> standing there like the middle of the street with a fucking rocket launcher. That would be pretty badass, yeah. But uh but, I mean, Hamilton's right next to her. Let's get this son of a bitch. Um Sigourney Weaver's in the never mind. <laughs> in, in the mag, in the in the loader, <laughs> every oh. pitch I make is for the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of mercy. Um, but, you know, she had the, the Winchester 3030, the, the lever action. She had a shotgun. Uh, she had, uh, you know, <laughs> the 357. She had all these guns that, that you could possibly, you know, just collect over time that, you know, that won't raise um, Derpy Gaming. Thanks for putting yourselves on the line of duty, so I don't have to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Derpy Gaming. That's what we're here for. Um, but she had all these guns that, you know, this weaponry and traps and everything that you could possibly do um, it, 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 and, and collect. And it was like, it was it was believable almost. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this and then all... She, <laughs> I get her getting, trying to get past stuff, but why is she getting past stuff when he's still out there? So I don't want, I didn't want this to be too much like H2O, but... It would have been nice if she kind of started off like I've gotten past all this. I went to therapy. I had, you know, I lost my daughter. My daughter, you know, having done so made me realize that I needed to go into therapy. And, you know, and just just when things are starting to get good and she's starting to re, you know, reestablish that relationship with the daughter, that's when Michael shows up and, you know, work towards her being a frazzled old lady mess with an AR-15. Not start there and work your way towards see Sally Homemaker. Um, I'm just, but on the other hand, I like the fact that she's like, she's just kind of drawing a line in the sand. Like I've I've had enough of this. I spent 40 years waiting for this monster to show up and I threw everything but the kitchen sink at him. Nothing worked. He came back and killed everyone in the town anyway. 
So fuck it. I'm just going to live my life here and do the best job I can for my daughter, for my granddaughter. Okay. Including cooking him up with the guy that got away with manslaughter. Bold choice, Cotton. Um, not entirely sure what the writers were thinking with this, other than we have to have all of our main characters in the same scenes. So sure, Grandma hooks up granddaughter with alleged killer. Hey, and Grandma, this is Corey. He killed a kid. Oh, hey, Corey. Would you like some cookies? I'm instantly... Like a, let, me be, allow me to be instantly attracted to you and enthralled by you and try to drag you out of your shell, and he's only a little broken. I can totally fix him. Look, that's tracks for women, okay? The, 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 man, the man that's broken that needs a good fixing... Totally. <laughs> you can so, file your complaints so, and share your comments. Hang on. We have a, we have a disclaimer. <laughs> the following may contain offense. <laughs> anyway, yes, women like to fix broken men. Moving on. Um, so that actually tracks for me. But um, the yeah, it's a lot of this was really forced. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Robert, because the only thing I have to say is this movie also... God, what is this clock in at? Uh, this An hour and 50 almost, minutes. Almost two hours. And this it feels thing, every minute. Every minute. This thing dragged like a child that doesn't want to leave Toys R Us that's currently in Sears because they don't stand alone anymore. Right, Ronnie? Yep. Actually, I think Sears is gone too. But you, you know you, hey, yep. what I'm saying. <laughs> Where did they shove the Toys R Us's? Was it JCPenney's? Which fucking mall is it in now? Which store? Malls aren't a yeah. thing anymore, Mark. Malls are a thing. I have a couple. They hit yeah. near me. But not, anyway. Have you not seen the have you not seen the projection on this? We're gonna be down to less than a hundred malls in the entire United States in the next five years. Yeah, two of them are gonna be near me. <laughs> so anyway, um in conclusion. You know what you're gonna do with all that real estate. They I think like they had an interesting idea with Halloween, and if they had just left it alone, it would have been great. And they're like, no, 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 this is a trilogy. And so, and then the idea of like, well, he comes back to Haddonfield and everyone's angry about Trump and there's mob justice and we're screaming. Oh my God, we stop with that. Nope, because not, no, that's that's the film, Ronnie. I'm just calling out the film. It film is not. Movie. I did not get any of that when I watched it. The fact oh, that you sat with your 10 gallon hat over your eyes and refused to see it isn't my problem. It was there. First of all, I'm from West Virginia and I live in North Carolina. I ain't from Texas, son. Okay. Um, with your coal miner's hat on over your eyes. And, and dang proud of it. Okay, then. Um, and you're right. I think that's the other thing is that this this has Rise of the Skywalker vibes to it. To where it was like, we really don't have an ending here. So we'll just kind of like, <laughs> we'll just kind of throw something together. And it's like, it'll get by on the inertia of being the third one. Somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, what else you got? Um so I'm going to go AFK for a second to get a drink. Robert, go ahead and give your craft review. I don't have a whole lot to say here. Um, this movie is slow. It's unbearably slow. It's unbearably dull. I don't mind slower starts as long as you're doing effective tension building and mood setting. And that's just not here. Uh we're introduced to this town and we're kind of told via voiceover narration that it's been poisoned because there's no closure to what happened with Michael. Don't you understand? And then we, that only crops up at the most like narratively convenient moments. Like, Hey, Lori's feeling good. She flirted a little bit with Will Patton and she's feeling good coming out of a grocery store. Here's a random 
victim of Michael Myers to accost her about how dare you feel good or move on with your life when the end result of so much tragedy and don't you know you're responsible because you're a white woman. <laughs> well, I came back just at the right time. And I'm just... Uh, or hey, maybe our poor downtrodden guy goes out and has fun at a party. Well, who better to be at this college Halloween party than a 40-year-old woman divorced from her husband after the death of her son to uh, to berate him about the about what he has done. It exists because of money. Okay, it, again, rule. If you respond to the thing on screen, you must say thing on screen. This is yeah, still yeah, an so audio format. Derpy Gaming doesn't know why this new trilogy exists. It exists because... Some production company has the rights and has Hang to on. do it, something with them. Here's the reason why it exists. We're in the money. We're in the... That's why. <laughs> Not wrong. Mm. So that, that's all very narratively convenient. Our, there's no chemistry between Allison and Corey. Just like none. Uh, we don't even get that many interesting kills. Uh, the body count here is, when I say it's very low, I don't just mean low in terms of numbers. I mean, it's very low in terms of uh, impact. Like, any of this going to stick with you? The kid. So the beginning bit where the kid falls over the railing. Anything after, everything after that, not so much. I'll tell you what, though. You make that any adult, it's not it's not impactful at all. It's only impactful because it's a kid. And frankly, movies should kill more children. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Hang on. Wait a minute. <laughs> the following may contain offensive language. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing that. Okay. Again, <laughs> movies, not people. Movies. You wanna, if you want to raise narrative stakes... <laughs> Then you've got to actually put your characters in believable peril, which means either small stakes or the full belief that you, as the author, will kill anyone. Uh, so there's, I think, what annoys me the most is as I went in, as I started this movie, I remembered the end of Halloween Kills, and so, our big thing at our big so thing at I. the end is Laurie Strode. And the sheriff, Will Patton, sitting together going, now I know. I've had my epiphany. I know how to kill Michael Myers now. Apparently it's wait four years and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. You want to end on that cliffhanger? Fine. I'm okay with that. You better it, connect those things narratively. Well, it kind of has that Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi vibe to it. Where you're under the impression that Lando's going to do some shit. And all you find out that he did was take some guard's uniform and chill out in Jabba's palace while waiting for Leia and Luke to do all the heavy lifting. Let's not discuss the the beginning of Return of the Jedi. It is still one of the most nonsensical things ever. You mean the ECW opening tag team medley? Yeah, that, that's really what that is. <laughs> George Wait, Lucas, what? big fan of ECW. <laughs> New, he was like and new Jack and, Yo, <laughs> and almost as big a fan of incest as Vince McMahon. <laughs> Point taken on that one. I think my favorite gag about that was someone asked Harrison Ford what Han Solo's favorite color was, and Harrison Ford responded, "I wish George Lucas would die." <laughs> and he's going to be Thunderbolt Ross now. I'm so excited. 
Patient Forty is. Yeah. yeah, that got that got announced this week too. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's fine. It'll work. I'm still pissed they didn't just hire Sam Elliott back, but eh. yeah, four it'll be fine. The Thunderbolts movie, on the other hand, is going to be a train wreck. Moving on. Here's all these characters, none of whom any of you have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, I do. I did like the final fight between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. That worked. Best mm. part of the movie. And if it's not that, it's the opening bit where they set up a potential, you know, creepy scenario and then have the kid die. I, I liked that setup. I thought it was working effectively. I don't even hate the kind of, you know, pseudo misdirection with the kid just dying accidentally. I thought that worked. Mm-hmm. But like, there's nothing really going on with Corey. There's nothing going on with him and Allison. There's no chemistry there. The whole will they, won't they with Allison and Corey makes no sense. The I get the loose idea about potentially passing on the shape and the power that it sort of represents if you buy into the mysticism angle. If. The problem with this entire trilogy is it's skirted around the supernatural elements to the point where you're not sure if they're real or not. And when... And that's okay to a degree, but when you then try to hinge a pivotal plot point on it, you kind of need clarity. And leaving it up to that much ambiguity and audience interpretation is just going to lead to a frustrated or confused audience. Again, I was not overly impressed with any of the kills. Um, Michael Myers, again, just like does the job half the time. Uh, it, this really does feel like it was booked by this feels, this movie feels like it was booked slash written by Vince. And then halfway through he gets ousted. Hey, we're going to push Corey. Corey's the new guy. Corey, he's going to go over the old guy. He's going to get the kills. And then, okay, Papa Vince off to the retirement home with you. And then someone comes in. Well, we're here already. We can't stop. So he's going to off himself and apologize while going back to his home planet and dying on the way there. Hey, and then the real Michael will show up. <laughs> Derpy Gaming just put a comment in here. I'm going to put it on screen because right. I, I want to see if Ronnie's head explodes into like pea soup. Okay. Hey, Ronnie, you know how you don't like politics in your comic books and your movies? Derpy Gaming says, when Halloween 2018 came out in theaters, me and my father were laughing nonstop out uh, about how they killed all the white males, but all the females lived. Who knew these films were for? <laughs> who knew these new films were for? You know, so yeah. <laughs> Ronnie, are you going fetal? Are you rocking? Yes. <laughs> Mark, you and I reviewed Halloween 2018. Yeah, we certainly did, Ollie. And much like all of these movies, I think if you take every bit of all of this trilogy... Derpy Gaming actively hurt Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie is like trying to keep his head from exploding. I think if you take all three of this trilogy... Uh-huh and you're able to parse out individual elements, you can get together one pretty good Halloween film. Look, you don't even... Here's the thing. Halloween Kills, while it wildly amused me, doesn't need to exist. Halloween Ends definitely doesn't need to exist. But Halloween 2018 would have been fine by itself. Yeah. It was, it was pretty... The thing about Halloween 2018 was how brutal it was. It was brutal. It was, it was guttural. It was gritty. You know, it was claustrophobic. It did all the things you would want to do with a Halloween movie 
And then you just needed to leave it alone. Have him burn up in the house, and then we're done here. But because everything has to be done in threes, and oh, by the way, your last movie also has to be split in two. That's the other fucking trend. You know, so that we get as much out of these as we can. They Here's the thing. And we, we talked a little bit about this with She-Hulk, about how stuff is getting rushed into production. Principal photography and, like, pre, pre-development and then principal photography are being rushed with a lot of projects because there's, you know, because everyone's stampeding to get their shit out either onto streaming services or otherwise. And stuff is getting produced without having a strong enough story because at this point, it's just about throwing shit to see what sticks. And boy, when we get to the money, when you think about just how not great this movie is and how rushed it feels, how not thought out this whole trilogy feels, and you see how much money this thing has made, on no effort and being day and date on Peacock for two out of three of these, if you're a studio executive, you're convinced that quality doesn't matter. Convinced. I'm not a studio executive and I'm convinced quality doesn't matter. Quality hasn't actually mattered in a real long time. People but it's only getting to, worse. People are just starting to figure it out. And now I'm convinced but there's just some ga- there's a bet. I'm convinced of this. One of the nefarious cabals that exists in the world between all the studio heads, they all got together and they said, hey, let's make a bet. Which of us is going to get called for putting out nothing but crap first? Which of us is going to feel the bite first? And they all went, okay, let's put out nothing but crap. And Disney is throwing out its MCU crap and its Mandalorian and its Book of Boba Fett and just, hey, let's see how far we can push this. And again, you've got NBC Universal is like, okay, here's umpteen small things that we're going to go day and date on, and it's all going to be crap. And Amazon's bought MGM, and Amazon's in on this discussion, throwing crap onto Amazon Prime. And we're just waiting. They're waiting to see which of them really suffers first, and this is a giant game of chicken, and somebody's going to win. Derpy Gaming with no. <laughs> me, she, me, no. she, you. No, 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 the M, she, you. M, she, you, right. M, she, you. Sorry. It's late. Oh, Derpy. We love you, Derpy. Anyway. Anything else, Robert, before we yeah. put this thing oh, to bed? Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, Amazon, because they threw out, like, hey, here's Wheel of Time, and it sucks, and here's Rings of Power, and, ooh, that, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's a race to the bottom at this point. I'm I'm almost convinced of it. Mm. I, 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 no, no. No, no, no. Okay, Ronnie, with the final word here. Go ahead, Ronnie. Why are me and Robert, old curmudgeons, standing on the lawn yelling? You know, yelling at clouds. Go ahead. This is a this is a sharing, this it, is a sharing it, space, Ronnie. It's a safe space. No, it's still scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hear me out on this it's not as bad as you think you mentioned the mandalorian now the book of boba fett i can see i'll give anybody that says they don't like that um i'll give it to you because it was not what i was expecting either it was like it was just mando 2.0 um we should have focused more on on boba fett than anything but okay mandalorian i thought was great it it, it really opened up to um you know the lore and 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 it it just it, it felt like star wars to me Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I try not to be a toxic Star Wars fan because they're the worst fans in the world. And I, I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, the, the MCU, 
I get what people are saying. They're just pushing crap out. They're pushing crap out. They're not pushing crap out. Some of it's quality. Some of it's okay. Um, and some of it sucks. Uh, you know, just like um, I think Captain Marvel sucked. Can I? You know. Uh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No. I, 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 the the hang on. The T-hole thing that just came up that I wanted to go back to because yeah. Andrew brought it up in the chat. And it goes directly to what Ronnie's saying. Because I, I mentioned this on the She-Hulk review, and it bears repeating. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. Nobody's oh, going into their <laughs> nobody is going into their job going, I, I don't care about any of this. I mean, some of them probably, but no, no one's going in to do a bad job. But Andrew pointed out, because this came up in an article that's out there somewhere, I don't remember exactly where he got it from, that a lot of writers are not getting the reps they need. They're not getting the experience they need to write quality television and movies. There used to be, if you're going back about 40 years now, like 70s and 80s, before you're on a television show as a main writer, before you're out there selling screenplays, you had years and years and years of working with other people, learning story structure, learning characterization. And if you think about like here, one of Ronnie's favorite movies, Ghostbusters, go back and like watch the... Um, <clears throat> documentary the movies that made us that talks about the collaboration process between ghostbusters a lot of people worked on that movie that and it went through several different iterations before it made it to what it was on screen and some of that was just due to budgetary reasons like we have this they're like that's great that's gonna cost a zillion dollars to shoot so make it smaller and it became like a quaint efficient wonderful classic that now everybody loves and obsesses over and creates fucking conventions for and then cries when it's replaced by all women. But anyway. Um, oh, shut up. And it wasn't because of the women. It was just stupid, horribly written piece of crap. Done. My point, my point is that we are not only living in a post-creativity world, but we're also living in a world where the people in charge of creating the fictions don't have the experience enough to create the good fictions. They have just enough experience enough to write the right pronouns for their characters so that people on Twitter don't flip the fucking table over. They have even, just enough experience. Even that at this point is just a random collection of letters with a slash in between. <laughs> they have just enough experience to write fiction that will be passable enough for critics and everyone can just kind of go home and watch their favorite movies from 40 years ago. We are not getting like the people that wrote Cheers. They don't exist anymore because those people got the experience they needed at the time to get they to the point where they're writing quality television. They exist, but they're not given they're not given the chance. That's where I was going with this. There's studio reps out there that are not giving people the chance that they deserve to write better quality material for this. Now, if you if you ask me all this stuff that you that that we're poo-pooing and we're saying this crap and was, it could be amazing if it was if if they were if they were uh, allowed to be. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, you get um, you, you. The first Thor was, which was, which I thought was great. Second Thor, which was good, and everybody hates. Then you have Ragnarok, which people, it's it's love or hate. You know, it's it, mostly people loved it. I liked it. And then you got this piece of crap that came out because you let the wrong people have too much control, and then you let the smart people and the people who are actually fans and the people who that, that actually give a crap about what they're writing. Instead of you know, like you said, what pronoun or whatever, um, you, you let them have the, the the control instead of the people who actually give a crap about what comes out on the screen and what what is represented through the characters and through the story. Um, but dare I dare say this happened with Halloween Ends? So 
uh, we want to try something different. Well, how dare you try something different? Uh, we just want this, but and then, and I'm I'm part of that crowd. I, I was like, no, don't give me that. Just give me Crazy Laurie Strode carrying a thirty thirty and shoving it in Michael's butt and pulling the trigger. I don't care at this point. Um, but uh, it, it's it's you know it, it is what it is. They're just movies. They're meant to entertain. If you like them, like them. If you don't, you don't. It's not a big deal in the end. But it's not as bad as we think. It's not as terrible as we think uh, as as uh, everybody lets on. Every time the three of us get together, we land in the same Hang on. I have a question for Ronnie before you get on to your next point about this. Mm -hmm. I was trying to conclude, actually, but go on. Give me a second here. No judgment. Serious question for you, Ronnie. Uh Uh-huh. Post-Endgame, what is the MCU release that you thought was good? Shang-Chi. Okay. I mean, he's not wrong. We were mostly favorable about that movie. We just thought the ending was over was over the top. Really Marvel stupid. Yeah, not 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 the end of the ending, but overall, I really like Shang Chi. Okay, I was gonna tell you go back go back and listen to our review. We were mostly favorable about it. Yeah, uh, again, I I had my issues with it, but you get mostly favorable. Sure. Now, as a matter of just for the record. That's one out of the eight things they have released since Endgame. You only asked Ronnie, though. You didn't ask me. I'm not asking you because I know what your answer is. <laughs> Eternal. I don't. I did. I asked Ronnie because I didn't know. I genuinely okay, had fair. no idea what is yours. I know. Like you're gonna say I mean, two that's things. Not the only one. I mean, you've got you know um, both Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. I, I love those. Um, you've got. I mean, as far as the TV shows, I loved. Uh, I love Winter Soldier and, and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I thought Loki Hawkeye. was good. Hawkeye was phenomenal. Hawkeye failed. walked right off the Matt Fraction pages for me. I um, listened to you people about Hawkeye, and I regretted every single one of you. My association with every single one of you. <laughs> it was a lovely wow. review. We had a nice time. I even, <laughs> like, I even like Multiverse of Madness. I thought it was good. I thought people expected too much of it. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I think they've put out some good stuff since then. I think that yeah, they've put out their fair share of, of like I did not like Eternals. This is gonna sound um, like a knock, this is gonna sound like a knock against Ronnie, but every time you and I we all get together and we have this discussion, we land in the same spot. And what I was trying to get to was so Robert and I are hypercritical, but that's kind of the nature of this show, is we really just scrutinize things. And what it sounds like a lot of complaining is really just us scrutinizing things. There's a difference between enjoying it and uh criticizing it. Criticism is its own thing. Sounds bad, but criticism is a valuable tool for learning about what makes a thing a thing. Here's the thing, though. Take a drink every time I say thing. Um, here's what you need to understand, and I have to kind of very every once in a while make this point on this show. You watch the show to hear us criticize. You don't watch the show to hear us just sort of opine about a thing we like. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes I gush about the Batman and Robert fucks off and eats a sandwich. But for the most part... I wish I had. I genuinely wish I had eaten a sandwich during that gimmick. I just went into my kitchen and did dishes. <laughs> um, the point is, the this, this show is about criticism, but it's good to have people like Ronnie on who were just like, hey, I'm not really here to criticize or overthink about a lot of this. I'm here to be entertained. Did it rise to the level of being entertaining or was it so bad that I wasn't entertained? I think is a valid way to look at something. It's just not what you and I typically do. 
I'm I'm very, I can be very critical about things though. Mm-hmm. Give me the new Fantastic the, the Fantastic Four reboot or remake or whatever it was. Ah, uh, four stick. I absolutely despise that movie with so with the the power of a thousand suns. My hatred runs so high for that movie that I almost black out thinking about it. <laughs> um, and then you know uh, I hate that I movie. One of huh? my absolute worst viewing experiences of all time was watching that movie. It's awesome. Fan four stick is fantastic. See, again, <laughs> you see, this is why this is why I don't ask Mark for his opinion on things because he, here's the truth about asking Mark for his opinion. You're gonna get he's gonna if I say Mark, what is the MCU released since the end of Endgame or the close of Phase Four or after Spider Man? So let's say after Spider Man, um, Phase Three. Yeah, the end of Phase Three. So not quite. So not including No Way Home, but including like Spider Man's European Vacation or whatever the hell it was. Right. He's gonna give me two answers that are sincere. <coughs> he's gonna give me three answers that are designed to annoy me, and he's gonna ignore <laughs> everything else. That's how this works. And, that and you is get why... to try and fi- and you get to try and figure out which two he's serious about. And this is why Robert and Jesse are my true loves. Because they, they they get me the most. And with that, who wants to hear about the money? We're in the money. We're in the money. Sorry, Homer gets me every fucking time, man. <laughs> All poor, right. That, and his poor accountant over there just going, sir, do you not understand how much trouble you're in? All right. So uh, Peacock. Halloween ends, day and date on Peacock. Uh, first of all, had a budget of, on the high end, $30 million. It's made almost $60 million at the time of this recording, which is the Tuesday after it was released, uh, which was on October 14th. So it's just uh, just about profitable, which means it'll, it'll be, get there. It'll be, yeah, it'll it's be just, profitable. It'll be fine. Look, when we do this next week and we talk about Black Adam, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a bold prediction about how much Halloween ends is going to fall here. 60%? 70? 60. We're, we're north of 50. For sure. I would um, set the over-under if I'm if I'm betting this. Your over-under is 51% fall. So Halloween ends, despite being day and date on Peacock, was the number one movie of the weekend, which we said it would be. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to pull out of the September, uh, August slump to where we're starting to see movies. We're starting to see movies in theaters people would actually want to see. And October's uh, almost over. In October, yeah. Well, we're getting into the real movie season. The you know, the second movie season, November, December. But uh, so Halloween Ends was the number one movie of the weekend. It knocked Smile out of the number one spot, which was number one for two weekends in a row. Good for um, Smile. Yeah, Smile was great. I saw it with, uh, I saw it with my girlfriend at the time, and and it was legitimately. It was legitimately terrifying at times. Like it was, it, it very much felt like a greatest hits of horror tropes, which is fine when they're effectively used. They're tropes for a reason. They, you know, that they work. Um, and I, I, you know, me, big sissy Mary. I'm not a huge fan of horror. You're but not a, again, like we figured this out about you. You're not a fan of gore. Like, yeah. like you got a weak stomach, but you've got a surprisingly resilient, like fortitude about you when it comes to stuff that is intellectually or emotionally scary. Right, and I I love the fact that it did. Um, I love the fact that 
it took very familiar horror tropes. It kind of remixed them and used them effectively to tell you this tale about a woman's descent into madness. And then it was great. Um, it, you know, why did really quick, like 50 words or less. Why did you hate? Why is it that I'm like, the, you know, the, the sissy Mary guy likes smile and the horror guy hates fucking smile. How'd this happen? Okay. So it had a creepy, it's creepy moments. Like, the actual like the smiling part was was terrifying. Yeah, I get that, but it was very predictable for me, and and it it, it, it followed along suit of like it follows, um, and a few other movies where I was like I I I'd just seen it before, and it, it didn't scare me. I was just like, oh, this is what's going to happen, and then, and and so it was very much in the in the in in the vein of the ring. Uh, it follows all that stuff. I mean, I'd seen it before, and I just like I'd, I yawned. Mm -hmm. So I apologize. Um, I mean, well, I, I don't want to get into like a side fucking review of Smile, yeah. but it was one of those things where it's just like, do we really need the boom mic? You know, accentuating the sound of a can opening because you know, <laughs> like, and then have that not pay off in any kind of way at all, right? Um, yeah. And have like how many fucking jump scares in that movie? But I mean, like again, a jump scare is a jump scare. You you <laughs> you jump and you're scared. It did I'm gonna job. Um, I'm gonna imagine that Smile's the kind of horror movie that appeals mostly to people who aren't big fans of horror, like who haven't spent a lot of time in the genre. I mean, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Mass appeal makes money. It made money. Yeah. <laughs> it did. And look, I'm not begrudging it its success. I don't have any. I'm. That's my observation about because I've seen a lot of you know people who are more into horror come out of that being very nonplussed, and mm -hmm. people more like again like you, Mark, come out of that going, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was legitimately scary, like good time, and so I'm I'm just trying to like understand the disconnect there, and I think that might be it. Moving on, um, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Speaking of which moving I think, on, <laughs> Lyle Lyle Crocodile. When I um. When we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, that'll be the number one movie of the weekend. Nope. Debuted at number two, fell to number three. To be fair, I think my line about that was, if you can't unseat Smile in its second weekend, you have, like, that, you're bombing. <laughs> Failed. It. Yeah. Um, Ooh, can I make the, my joke? The, <laughs> go ahead. Talk about The Woman King. You mean the genre that's, the film, Mark, that is single-handedly reviving the historical action movie. <laughs> this bold... Bold film, Mark, about strong, independent black women subject to a king. Who so don't need no off. man. <laughs> strong, independent, black, busy, busy businesswoman who don't need no man. But all obey the king. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it about, like, um, it, a, specific, just... um, a specific, uh, I guess, tribe or whatever of, of people oh. that sold their own people into slavery to? Earth. First of all, it, it, historically speaking, yes. Like yeah. you know, that, this is what people misunderstand about the slave trade. Because, look, slavery, slavery like that is a moral atrocity. Be very, yeah. very clear about this. The notion that the slavers landed in Africa and then just wholesale like ran into the jungles or the savanna and were able to capture scores and scores of of, of black people knowing nothing about the terrain or whatnot and just be very successful at this numerically speaking it's a load of crap more often than not yeah they they exploited tribal beefs and people and people would sell each other yeah. to them like that that's how that happened and 
Bear in mind, the vast majority of the slaves wound up in either Brazil or the Middle East. The United States got a shockingly low percentage of the overall number of slaves that were exported from that particular place. But yeah, they were. Hey, very, it was very easy to convince. No one's, the no one's colonial... complaining to. No one's whining for reparations from Brazil. Well, I was going to say it was also very easy to convince the crafters of the Constitution to uh, to end the importation of slavery when we had a very we had we had a very successful breeding of slavery system going. So it was like, yeah, sure, we don't need any one brought over. We're good. Fair. <laughs> so, uh, wait, wait, uh, any other any other myths about slavery you want to perpetuate, Mark? Like Mandingo fights? <laughs> Zero. Worry. Hey, for the record. <laughs> Zero evidence that that was ever a thing. That's why I bring oh. it up. Never happened. Amsterdam fell from three to five. It apparently oh, sucks. So, sorry. The, the purpose there of the woman king is some like masturbatory think piece that was published. Yeah. It wasn't the about, economist, right? Sure. About how the woman king is reviving the historical action epic. I'm like, just piss can, off. Can we just talk about how the economist used to be like a dependable magazine? What the hell happened? A lot of print media used to be dependable. Fair. Uh, all right, so yeah, the Woman King maintained its spot at number four. Who gives a shit? Amsterdam fell from three to five. Don't worry, darling, fell from five to six. Barbarian maintained its place at number seven. Good for it. Uh, Terrifier jumped up. Uh, looks like it opened up in more theaters. Um, went from 10 to eight. Bros, which is bombing hard, fell from uh, eight to nine in its third week, it looks like. Sure. Um, Top Gun Maverick, nine to 10. And then um, debuts this week. Tail at number 18, Decision to Leave, 23, Life and Life at 29, Cat Daddies at number 30, and a the a fifth anniversary of a silent voice at 47. Hey, I want to talk with you real quick. Occasionally, we have breaks in the schedule, and I did this last year. Now, I've, I've cut back considerably on podcasting, and I will continue to do so because I have to free up my time for a variety of other reasons, but, I can't, but um, last year... There was a lot of stuff that we just weren't able to see in the theaters, but we we would do like triple features and stuff once they hit PVOD. I'm I've, the schedule is kind of set right now for January, but I'm almost willing to make some concessions and changes and maybe add something because if we don't talk, if Robert, if you and I don't talk about Triangle Sadness, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Have you seen the fucking trailers for this thing yet? Nope. Okay, so Triangle of Sadness is about a luxury yacht that um either like go like sinks or whatever or gets capsized and so you have all of these white rich uh all, you know mock, mock royal people having to deal with the ship going down and it's it's a biting satire of uh rich life it's getting rave reviews put out by neon I really want to sure see it. it. I don't. I, <laughs> Neon or A24. Those are your choices. Um, I really want to see it. I really want to talk about it. I don't think I'm going to be able to see it in theaters. I don't think I'm going to have the time. But when this goes PBOD, this may be something that we, we we need to find a spot on the schedule for. Are you sure you want me on that show? Desperately. All right. I can, I, <laughs> I can make you regret that decision. <laughs> oh, I hope. Um, go no, check out my okay. Don't, don't joke, don't joke with me <laughs> like that. Go do me a favor before before you make a decision one way or the other. Because if you say no, then I'll just deal with it and I'll just watch the movie of my own accord and have it myself a time. But uh, go watch the trailer when we're done here and then get back to me. All right, all right, triangle of sadness, anyway. Uh, which is currently uh, it 
the must have, yeah, this at the moment that's just my head. It's a triangle of sadness. <laughs> yeah, well, it's was 21 last week. It opened up at a bunch more theaters. I guess it went to wide release finally and is at number 14. All right, so here we are with the worldwide. Probably not a lot of movement here. Probably not. Probably not. Here we go. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, still number one. Jurassic World Dominion, still number two with over a billion. Doctor Strange, Minions, The Batman, Thor. So uh, You know what? It's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. I would have been so tickled if Minions beat Doctor Strange, just personally. (laughs) But it just made me so happy. Um, this would be a great time to talk about Black Adam, which comes out this Friday. You know what? I told you this before. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that thing's going to bomb. I don't think it's going to bomb. Chris Bailey and I have a bet. He doesn't think it makes $700 million. I think it does. But I'm. But my, my question to you is, does it beat Thor Love and Thunder? Because I think that's going to be... You know, super, two things that we talked about in our chat earlier today was it hasn't been since Thor we've had a movie as big as Black Adam. I think people are hungry for it, and that's where the money's going to come from. People just aching to go see a big picture, and this is the first one since July 8th, number one. I, you know, that that And that, by in and of itself, makes it very competitive with Thor, even in terms of money. Does you know It has to be... Does it beat $760 million? Does it even cross $700 million? That's the big question. Is that what, is that what Thor got? Yeah, Thor got seven sixty. Batman got seven seventy. You know, given the tenor of the reviews I've seen thus far, yeah, fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Now, that's not the end of the world. Most critics suck. We've discussed this, and we'll discuss it again in the in a few minutes here. But I've not seen a lot of like counter to that. Like, so you can kind of get a feel for when critics are just off their ass. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to be wrong about this one. No, I think I've, Black Adam was a stupid was a stupid idea to begin with as a movie, but that's it that's really is. That, that's the other thing that I've seen a lot of people mention. Like, why are we doing this? He should have just been the villain for Shazam two, and we could just move on. Or Superman, either one would have worked. Yeah, but Henry Cavill and Warner Brothers are in a bit of a tiff at the moment. Um, I think it just broke today that they're actually working on Man of Steel 2. But then again, that story has now broke a dozen times over the past few years. Yeah, one, they've been trying to do, they've been claiming that forever, and they -hmm. they are also actively blocking him from pursuing movie roles. (laughs) Um, Anyway, moving on. Watergate Bridge at 626. Fantastic beat. For the record, I, I hope Black Adam beats Thor Love and Thunder because Thor Love and Thunder sucked out loud. Mm-hmm. I at this point, I'm not sure it does. I'm genuinely not sure. Sonic at number nine and then Uncharted at ten. Elvis still making a little bit of money uh, at two eighty six. All right, here are the. <laughs> hang on, I forgot my line. Here yeah. are the movies currently doing better than Morbius. Elvis, The Bad Guys, Bullet Train, Lightyear, Too Cool to Kill, Nice View, DC League of Super Pets, The Lost City, and Nope. And these ten movies, not as good as Morbius. <laughs> The Black Phone, Scream, Smile, Death on the Nile, Way the Crawdads, Sing, One Piece, The Roundup, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Triple R, and Downton Abbey, A New Era. Um, as we just said, Black Adam comes out this week. It's about the only thing. So my kids actually asked me, they're like, are we going to go see Ticket to Paradise? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, Why? <laughs> like, where did that come from? You're losing your daughter already. That was my son. My son was like, are we seeing Ticket to Paradise? I was like, okay, I'm you? Mark, Mark, I have some bad news about your son. 
No shit. Um, so I'm like, yeah, no, we're gonna see Black Adam like a good boy. He's like, no, father, ticket to paradise, George Clooney. I, don't you understand? I want to I, 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 I I, dance. I, I want to dance and get lost in George Clooney's dreamy eyes and oversized chin. <sighs> I'm gonna have a talk with my son. Anyway, uh, the 28th. You're about maybe... like a year and a half away from him going, but I'm your daughter. <laughs> well, that would be fine. Um, your soul well, just died a little bit when you said that, and I saw it. <laughs> you saw nothing. <laughs> um, we are a progressive show. We are allies of the LGBTQI community. Do I have to put the disclaimer up again? You can um, put the disclaimer up. In this case, it's about you. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Tar! God damn it. We'll be in wide release <laughs> on October 28th. And then the other one will be Pray for the Devil. That'll be what we're reviewing. And then we kick off November of Armageddon Time, which is a drama uh, from Focus Feature, uh, which is, I think, that's Universal. And that's about it there. Um, and then the next big one is Black Panther. That's Oof. November 11th. November three 18th. Hour, take your three-hour runtime and just choke on it. <laughs> Then November 18th will be a three-way fight between She Said, The Menu, which we'll be reviewing, and not two-way fight. All right. And that's it for the month of November. And, and, so. and for the record, that's a that's a double fight for second place because Black Black Panther's repeating. Oh, for sure. Kind of a weak November. Last year, what was it like? Oh, it Ghostbusters. Um, oh, Strange World. That's also at the end of November. So Yeah, November's like, weak this year. I was gonna say, like, what really only two big movies in the month of November worth noting. I mean, we're doing the menu because we decided we wanted to, but there was room for the menu because there's nothing else. Like last year, I, I was like in a row. It was Ghostbusters. There was Encanto. There was quite a few, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Again, week November this year. Don't know what else to say. Um, I'm curious about something. Uh, so November 2nd last year, we reviewed Paranormal Activity, which was day and day on Paramount. The following week was The Eternals. We skipped a week and did Lock and Key. Then Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then Resident Evil. Oh, God. I'll take a slow <laughs> November over that November. It was packed. It was full of crap. Yeah, it was. All right. With that said, Ronnie, can are I you tell ready? You, can I tell you, Mark, just very briefly? Yeah. Every time I bring up Netflix... And I get, and I see, it's like trying to promote me watching season three of Lock and Key. I just point and laugh and keep scrolling. Ha <laughs> 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 you're meeting, I'm just dying. Um, but have I told you, my Your son show is sucks like, and I don't have to watch it. My son is a huge fan of Ralph Wiggum. On the way to the Red Hot that Chili Peppers. That surprises me not at all. <laughs> <laughs> On the way to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we were sitting in like really heavy traffic because the fucking Camping World Stadium, which used to be the Orange Bowl, is like right in the middle of like downtown Orlando. It has got such parking problems. It's basically like a one-lane road that leads into this giant football stadium. It's the worst. If you're trying to go to a concert there, either take an Uber, walk, or get there the day before. It is awful. I fucking hate Camping World Stadium. So in the two hours it was supposed to take me to get to, to get there with my kids to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it took like four hours. We were just sitting in traffic. And we were bored and going a little stir crazy. And, and the kids were like, please put on something entertaining. So we watched a Ralph Wiggum supercut. My son was dying laughing. And now he'll just like I'm wander sure. around the house or like come after me. He'll be if he's not yelling our back at me or my wife torturing her. He's going, My cat's breath smells like cat food, and just walks away. <laughs> um, it's great. Bring your kids up on the classics, everybody. And with that, Daddy, it's regular, Daddy. <laughs> What's diorama? Um <laughs> 
You want to throw in here, Ronnie, or are you good? I'll take the good ones. Okay. Uh, he bet my Wookiee. And on that note. And then the teacher and the principal were in the closet, and they were kissing, and then there was a baby that came out, and then the baby was... <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, here it is. Uh, I'm in danger. (laughs) I'm in danger. Why do people run away from me as he wets himself? My other one that always cracks me up, but it's not Ralph Wiggum. It often gets associated with him because it's the same voice. But Curly's son, I sleep in a drawer. I love that line. (laughs) All right, and on that note... Are you ready? Well, Universal and Blumhouse, impressively, you made nobody happy with this movie. <laughs> nobody, not nobody, not at all. We have a 39% uh, rotten score from the critics and a 57% audience score. Halloween ends for now, anyway, with a frequently befuddling installment that's stabbed, slashed, and beaten by a series of frustrating and missed opportunities. Actually, not, not that inaccurate. Bad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm right. just sad that I'm um, never going to get my Expendables version of Final Girls uh, connecting. Because, like, I, I just... I Why is it would, when I, I make would... an Avengers joke, you roll your eyes and, like, do the tumor face, but you can keep doing that joke? Uh, well, I mean, look, the, the we've obviously made the joke about, you know, the Expendables Girls Night Out. Mm-hmm. Right? That was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. a thing, like, Ladies Night. Yep. And that fell apart for a variety of reasons. But, you know, I would love to see that. You know, we've got like the four major ones that are all still alive. They're all still working and you could do something with it. It's on my mind because Heather Langenkamp is in uh, the Midnight Club, which I'm reviewing tomorrow. So it's just, it's just kind of on my mind lately. And it's just it's sad because we're not going to get it. And no one could kind of put together the right kind of thing. I mean, there was a period of time when you had like, I think, six of the actors who had played James Bond were all alive. Mm-hmm. And you really, we, there was a real missed opportunity to do a big kind of spy team up of all of them. <laughs> Scott Mendelson at Forbes. Oh, Halloween ends guy. thrives as a grounded. Shut up. <laughs> Halloween ends thrives as a grounded slice of life character drama before eventually becoming a Michael Myers sequel. If you want your go review a soap opera if you want your crappy grounded slice of life stuff. Uh, Stephen Romay of the Australian top critic. This fast-paced, well-acted thriller. Oh, shut up! (laughs) This fast-paced, well-acted thriller, in the psychological and slasher sense, carries us to an answer that may or may not be definitive. Okay, one. No, we're not carried to an answer. Two. This is the this is the opposite of fast-paced. And how in the world could you call this well-acted? Douglas Davidson. This guy of thinks he has a very good marriage and is about to realize how bad he is at judging acting. <laughs> Douglas Davidson of Elements of Madness. What started in 2018 is a means of exploring Laurie's specific grief wrapped in a slasher covering revealing itself with the dermis layer removed to be a powerful and profound tale of breaking the chains of one's trauma. Oh, get bent. <laughs> you are desperately looking for profundity where none exists, sir. 
Um, Jack Bottomley of Starburst. Uh, great, flawed, polarizing, creative. In other words, that end in periods. Unhinged, like that one. But there can be no doubt that Halloween Ends is the franchise's most fearless offering. It No, that was Halloween Kills. Um, <laughs> it dares to be stupid. No, it dares it to be did. different and truly succeeds. You see, okay, now you're killing me because it's not actually different. This is not a person familiar with the franchise. If, if you no. came away from this going, boy, it sure is different. James Berardinelli, Real Views, Top Critic. It's not a bad way to go out. At least it has the virtue of trying something new. Eh. That's kind of what you said. And I, I that I'm more inclined to agree with. Mm -hmm. um, hey, Doug Walker, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> of Channel Mark, Awesome. Mark just out there. <laughs> Random, I, I love it when Mark randomly finds someone who he decides to just throw that at. <laughs> hey, you suck, Doug Walker of Channel Awesome. If Halloween Kills is a bridge film to this, then something got then something got lost during construction. Stretch you know, I don't wish death on people, mainly because I have to put up a disclaimer now when I do that. But Jesus Christ, Doug, could Stretch you be any more of an uncreative hack? You are stretching that metaphor like the French stretch cheese. The former future ex-Mrs. Winfrey, Perry Nemiroff, of Perry Nemiroff YouTube, also so you, the New York Times, but apparently that's not where they got this from. So not now critic. you're adding a now you're adding a third. Oh no, I'm thinking of Amy Nichols. Never mind. Who you who would also be the third, so this would be a fourth. Okay. One of Robert Winfrey's future ex-wives, Perry Nemiroff. Uh, loaded with big swings and compelling ideas. They just don't belong on the path established in the 2018 film. Not entirely wrong. What what did she say again? Uh, she said, meow, 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 meow. She said, loaded with big swings and compelling ideas. They just don't belong on the path established in the 2018 film. Yeah. Hey, hey Robert. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Robert. No. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Has Ronnie been here when you've done this before? Hey, Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. <laughs> Where you going? Why don't, why don't you come over here? We just, we just want to talk to you. We want you to go buy beer. You could be buy beer for us. You could be a cool new friend. We throw you off a bridge. <laughs> that's the relation. That's the relate. That's the parasocial relationship Mark has with this guy. He likes to bully him. Hey, Kevin Carr, fat guy at the movies. I like and your coat. And occasionally make it very weirdly sexual. <laughs> Every time, weirdly sexual. weirdly sexual. Weirdly Mark. <laughs> hey, Kevin Carr, fat guy at the movies. I like your coat. Maybe you want to, maybe you don't need that coat tonight. It's such a nice night out. Stop, Kevin stop Carr. Very quick. Fat guy at the movies. Hey, Mark. Sir. The next time you do this for Kevin Carr, I need you to have rewatched that episode of um, Too Old to Die Young. Mm -hmm. So you can repeat some of that film producer's spiel at the beginning. You remember. You, you remember. <laughs> okay, everyone, rape him. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kevin Carr, let, that let guy. Me, let me see that smile one last time. <laughs> oh, I'm totally doing that next time we do this. <laughs> word for fucking, like I did with The Wire, word for word, I'm repeating that, that line of dialogue. Okay, 
Kevin Carr, fat guy at the movies. This will be polarizing for fans, but there are some clever elements of David Gordon Green's final Halloween film. There really aren't. You have the depth of of fucking sliced cheese, asshole. <laughs> you really do. Not the good kind of sliced cheese either. No, like we're you, talking. You, you, you're the crap. kind that you're the kind that like is craft, and you don't have the paper between it. It's just a block that is allegedly sliced, and you kind of have to peel awkwardly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, Tom Jorgensen of IGN Movies. Halloween Ends concludes the Meyer Strode rematch trilogy with an ambitious, if somewhat confused, final chapter. How is this a serious question? How is this ambitious? What about this is ambitious to you? What, what, what about this is ambitious filmmaking or writing or acting or any of it? Last one. Uh, Kevin A. Ranson of MovieCrypt.com. Not the mystical voodoo the last film suggested, but redefines the very nature of the shape. Interesting as a standalone offering, won't be a popular choice for some franchise fans. That's true, actually. The last bit of that is true, yes. Where are the rest of your wives? Let's find another one of your wives before we go. Your, your future ex-wives. See, you see what I put up with here, Ronnie. He's <laughs> desperately trying to marry me off. Just want you to be happy. Doesn't really? Everyone really, wants you to be happy. Really, Mark? <laughs> is that is that the? You could you, stand for a little, little shot of happiness every once in a while. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm looking at Mark, going, Mark, how long have you and I done this? <laughs> How many? And you are now claiming that you want me to be happy? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, there's your dad. I don't like reading from him, though. All of Robert's family members are critics. All right, What's well, that one douchebag that has his... It's like uh, Bob Jones at BobJones.com or whatever his name is. Those. There's several of those. Yeah, there's quite a few. MyAssholeName.com. My yeah. People's with their names in it. Right. FredMyers.com says, this movie is great. Well, I must believe him because he has his own website. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with putting your hey, name in don't. the title of what it is you're doing. Hey, look, no, look, no, anyone with their own website is a step up on us. <laughs> True. And we have our website. We have W2Mnet.com. You glommed onto that. You didn't make it. <laughs> I entered into a content exchange. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was bought up by a bigger... By a bigger multimedia conglomerate. Put air quotes I around got... bought. Put the quotes around bought out, and you know you have to. <laughs> I probably got Mark to admit he tried to do a hostile takeover of my podcast until I shut it down. Yeah, we and then we compared Ale- when Alexis tried it to the NWO Black and Silver. She's not the <laughs> Jeff Jarrett of podcast hosts. Don't piss her off. <laughs> Should get harder. I. I've re- I've been watching a lot of uh, loosely related to Jeff Jarrett content, mm-hmm. and my favorite one is a guy who just doesn't refer to him as Jeff Jarrett. He just calls him a wild slap nuts. <laughs> All right, like he's a Pokemon because his four moves are a guitar shot, a ref bump, a low blow, and a stroke. That's all Jeff of, Jarrett does. Every speaking Jeff of Jarrett wild match. slap nuts, last night Ronnie Adams and I did a long road to ruin for the <laughs> Michael Myers trilogy. Uh, the Return, the Revenge, and the Curse of Michael Myers, and H2O, just, to, just so we can get them all done. Um, tomorrow, 
Myself and Alexis Haina will be doing season two at noon of Only Murders in the Building, which I'm enjoying this season. Uh, then I'm show. going, yeah. Then I'm going to see Guar with my buddies. Yeah, Guar, Guar, Crobot, and Necrocomicon, um, which is going to be Necrogoblicon, Necro rather. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But while I'm doing that, Robert and Alexis uh, will be, and probably not Jason because I mean, he bugged out on tonight's show because he had no voice. We'll be reviewing Midnight Club. That'll be a discussion. Um, yes, sir. And then this weekend, we've got a bunch of old canned ham for you. First, two-part Long Road to Ruin for the Hannibal Lecter movies. We uh, did those a year apart. That was fun. Yeah. So it was like... Uh, no, that wasn't, was, that, was that a year apart? Oh, I, I, no, I thought those were, were fairly close together. No, those, yeah, those were closer together. The Hannibal TV show we did year for each Yeah, that was, that, was, that was for three years we did that. Yeah, yeah. And then so then we got Hannibal part one and part two this Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday... Uh, the everyone loves the, the most. I think the most successful everyone loves the bad guy you ever did. You I'm did not one, sure about that anymore, but for a while it was. Or you did a one man show of just you talking about Hannibal Lecter, and it was very well received. It was. Uh, one of your better shows. No the, idea that, why. Whenever it is, I get home from the movies with my kids and my friends' kids. Uh, we will be reviewing Black Adam. Could be ten o'clock. Could be eleven o'clock. It'll be whenever I get the walk in the door and I set up the show. So Robert, you're on standby all night. You ready? That's how we're doing that, seriously. I don't have any other time. So here's my here's how right. my week goes next week. It's either we do it whenever I get home from the movies or we don't do it at all because Tuesday night, um, I'm going to see Stevie Nicks. Wednesday night, I'm going out to do trivia. Thursday, I'm going to see Midget Wrestling. And then Friday, uh, I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. And by that point, the week is over. So, um, and I can't do it during the day, uh, Wednesday I, and Thursday, because I'm working. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. I, it's either that or we don't do it. So, and I'm going, and I'm only going to be able to see Black Adam on Monday. I'm very tempted to flip a coin about that. <laughs> no, we have to review Black Adam. It's the, like the first movie since Thor, like of its kind. And no one cares. <laughs> I care. Lord. I'll try to get home. I will try to get home as fast as possible. Anyway, uh, that's what's going on in my social life. <laughs> what's going on on uh, your channel over there, Ronnie Adams, in 50 words or less? Stuff. No. Twitch.com slash Misfits and Miscreants. Come over and watch us. We do a live uh, play uh, stream of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. We're still on Rhyme of the Frost Maiden right now. Um, we're going to start some, hitting you with some other content, some other uh, uh, tabletop RPGs uh, soon, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to hit some Call of Cthulhu, some kids on bikes. Uh, we're going to hit some, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other stuff. We got Alien RPG, which is my second favorite RPG right now. Uh, to be able to be a space marine or a space trucker and fire off xenomorphs is really cool. Um, but yeah, that's what we got going on. Um, tune in. Well, it was an awkward time for us to lose Mark there for a second yeah. or two. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'll do mine then. So I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week. AEW's Dark Elevation on Monday. MLW, assuming they start releasing stuff again like they could begin threatened to on Thursdays. And WWE SmackDown on Fridays. 
So tune in for any and all of that. If you're interested in professional wrestling and my takes thereon, you can follow those at 411mania.com in the wrestling zone. I cover mixed martial arts. This last Saturday was UFC on ESPN plus 70. It existed. Actually lost the two best fights on that card during the fight week, more or less. So that was fun. Uh, this week is UFC 280 starting at, oh, for God's sake, the prelims start at 8 a.m. my time. And I just, I want to throw something. I hate that. But I will be covering UFC 280. Uh, it's a good card, though. Like, that's the best pay-per-view card UFC's put out maybe all year. Uh, depending, again, that's, that's a little bit pursuant to individual taste, but it's certainly up there. I'll cover that. And I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast on Sunday evenings. That's when I record it. Uh, last week was a preview of UFC 280. This coming week will be a review of UFC 280 and a preview of whatever UFC event is coming up after that. So if you want my thoughts on the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts, please check that out uh, wherever you're listening to this, more or less. If you're listening to this on, a, on an audio platform, you can find the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast, and I can fill your drive time a little bit with my talk about mixed martial arts if that's something you're interested in all right folks uh next week black adam sometime on monday night whenever i get home and Wait, in the door. monday night yes all right why what do you got going on monday you gotta cover raw or something i don't know but now i can't and since that actually pays well then i'll wait for you to be done with raw Oh, you have sure to you, you have to communicate with me, Robert Winfrey of the Screaming Boy Podcast. You Listen, ruined my birthday. You ruined your birthday? Is that what you said? Since mom, dad stopped fighting, you're ruining my birthday. <laughs> okay, my birthday it, is later this week. If you need to March wait until eleven ruined. o'clock Monday night, we can do that so that you can finish with Raw. My birthday's in May. I just want to shut. <laughs> The, the trauma of this is just going to last until May. <laughs> yeah. are, are you seriously covering Raw? Like, is I that like know. a thing that might be happening? I don't know. I never know. I get a message from one of the editors that says, hey, by the way, like most of the time it is kind of, sometimes it's, sometimes there's, you know, stuff happens. So there's enough time in advance for everyone to go, hey, by the way, these dates, someone has something, you know, we need other people for whatever. I try to do that when I have something come up, like, hey, X date, won't be there, find a replacement. All right. Sometimes it's the day before, like, hey, so, right, so I'm had shooting. Come up. I'm shooting for ten o'clock Monday. If we need to wait till eleven to accommodate your paid, get your paid job, we can do that. It's fine. Okay. All right. With we'll that see. said, now that you now that everyone got to hear a little bit of the schedule cast, as we like to do here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network, every now and then. For Ronnie Adams, the Dungeon Master, the Misfit and the Miscreant, the TikToker, the Flip Flopper. Of the Screaming Boy podcast for Robert Winfrey. Drop a Gatorade. Who doesn't get paid for this? Be well. Me, I'm just a giant bag of dicks. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>